Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hot, Buddy Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Um, it's the Monday morning episode, but it's going out Sunday evening to the IFS Massive. Um, I feel a bit out of practice, because even though we've been pumping out episodes for the last two weeks, we haven't actually done any recording together, Sam, because you've been away Isle of Wight. Mm. I've been fucking nowhere, really. Um, so I feel a bit... A long stretch, though, hasn't it? It's been a long yeah. stretch with no pod. Yeah, it's felt yeah. weird. So but, what you're um, hearing now, like the, the ones you might have heard, listeners, over the last few days may have started to sound a little bit jaded. tired. Dare I say it, jaded. <laughs> Regular listeners will know that was an accusation hurled at us by someone <laughs> who quit the IFS. Um, and I, I, I'm not going to lie, I haven't, still haven't recovered from that <laughs> accusation. But that bloke was right. If, if you if, if you listen to any of the recent ones, because we were like, before we I went away and before Andy went away, we were recording, we, we sort of were lost in a podcasting state of psychosis, the amount mm. of stuff we were recording every day. I think there was, there was one week when we did 14 episodes in one week. But yes. I mean, that, that was our, that was our reasoning. We thought jaded. We're fucking sure you're jaded. Get a load yeah, of this. Yeah. We've done fucking five today. Of that. So, so you guys might not have even noticed. I don't know. Get in touch. Let us know. Jaded mm. or not jaded. But the fact is, what you're hearing now is two men, two prolific podca- podcasters and podcasters, fully refreshed, full well, of energy, back for yeah, a new yeah. season. You say that, but here's the big news. Uh, mm. This morning, I received uh, confirmation that I had tested positive for COVID-19. You Was might that be able to hear a in the bit form of, of a voice? phone call from Health Secretary Sajiv Javid? <laughs> if only. What, do you think I'm important enough to get a personal phone call? No, it was no just I text. thought that he rang people up to tell them, no. bad news, cunt, you've yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got recorded what? message. What, what do you fucking think? <laughs> bad news, insert name of fucking vendor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pre-recorded, it comes out via the app. I did get yeah, so. a phone call this afternoon from NHS whatever they are, track and trace, um, where someone who, um, let's just say English wasn't his first language, I don't think. He didn't right. have uh, the Queen's English accent. I don't know if it's in a call centre somewhere across the world. I don't know. Mm. But he asked me a few questions, took down some details. Um, I'm not sure why, but there you go. It's, it's full steam ahead Hello. on the COVID train. I am calling from a third world country to tell you a person living in a supposed first world country <laughs> that you have picked up a fucking virus that, is, could, that, could, virus that, that should really have been fucking contained by now. We do not have I that guess virus where it here. fucking came from. The variant <laughs> came, from, ironically, came from the country that I'm fucking calling you from. Because your government... <laughs> 
just carried on letting everyone fucking fly in from here, even when it was well known that we had a new type. We've all got over it now. There's all of us in this open plan office. There's 60 of us here. Coming and going as you please. Laughing our tits off. <laughs> Calling you cunts to say, surprise, you've got our fucking variant. And I am on £2.34 an hour. So get a load of me. That's a lot, isn't it? English money. Goes, goes a fucking long way out here, I can tell you. <laughs> No, uh, I, I, what did he? What did he want to know? He just wanted some fucking details. He wanted to know where I'd been, what I'd been doing, who I'd been near. What? So, uh, yeah. To, to, what you've to, been it's up to? Trace, it's the trace. <laughs> Same element. as usual, to be Have honest. Have you fingered anyone? Have you fingered anyone in the last? Been doing any fingering? Seventy-two nah. hours. No, man. No more than usual. <laughs> I.e. none. So you got. So basically, you got COVID. I've got COVID. How did you feel when they told you? Not surprised at all because my daughter's had it since Tuesday and then my ex-wife tested positive on Friday. So it's Mm. it's working its way through our dysfunctional family, let's call it that. Um, So, and I started to feel a bit iffy on Friday myself. So I'm kind of on day three. Um, But other than my voice being a bit shot, uh, I've got a bit of a cough um, and I feel a little bit jaded, if you like. That's the word (laughs) of the moment. But other than that, I feel all right. So if it doesn't get any worse than this, it's going to be a 10 out of 10 COVID experience, well, I you, reckon. you've had your double jab, so I've hopefully... I've had double jab, of course I have. I mean, no one ever said that the double jab stops you getting it. The idea no. is it just prevents you get developing severe symptoms. Yeah. So I think your likelihood of getting it is just the same as, as it ever was. But yeah. Yeah, so so yeah. we're hearing that you, you feel the symptoms, but in a particularly mild way, then... The jabs are doing their jobs. Well done, well done, the jabs. And if you're not jabbed, well get done, jabbed. Sir John Jab. Sir John Jab, of course, he invented it back in 1862. Get jabbed yeah. for fuck's sake. That's all I can say. Get fucking vaccinated. If you're the, not the, the ads, and they might be running on some of our non-IFS episodes because some of the other podcasts I've noticed, I listen to some of the West Ham podcasts and stuff, and there's always some ad at the beginning of them going, "Have you been jabbed? It really helps everyone <laughs> if you have." And even I, as a devout, you know, as a, as a devoutly pro-vaccination individual, a I am out. Fan. I'm a big fan of the jab. You know that, right? But yeah. I'm out, and this is like how how bad the ads are. Is that I'm running? I'm out for a jog, listening to a West Ham podcast, and before it starts to go, if you uh, have you had your jab yet? Well, you really should, because if not, it might harm people or something like that. And I just think like this. I mean, I've had two jabs. I actually say out loud while I'm jogging in a park, fuck off, I'm not having that. You fucking patronising <laughs> you talking to? <laughs> yeah, because I feel so fucking patronised by it yeah. that I regret having the jab because I think I'm bowing yeah. to the... And then you think, if you, that's me starting from my position of someone who's had the jab and was always well up for it. Right. If you think there's a, like seemingly a, a large minority of people out there who think, f- I think f- something's fishy about this. I don't want to have the jab. Fuck me. No wonder they're being put off. What they want yeah, yeah. is is you. Well, how did you phrase it? Get jabbed for fuck's sake. Yeah. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. An earthy man of the people like you. Yeah. A man that can be trusted. I mean, look, look. Let's look back. Let's say one year ago, maybe even longer, seventeen months ago. When this thing first came along, I and mean, you saw footage of people in hospital, and they said, if you are, if you suffer from underlying health concerns, or if you are, let's say, 
overweight, which I am. Mm. I've lost a bit of weight recently. I'm still overweight, though. If I had got... I was fucking terrified of getting COVID 17 yeah. months ago because I thought, seeing what I'd seen, being overweight, this thing's going to attack me from the inside and fuck me right up. Now, right now, yeah. I've got I've got COVID, finally, 17 months later. I've been jabbed, and at the minute, it's not even as bad as a mild cold. Barely so touching the fucking I've sides. Been barely touching the fucking sides. I've been incredibly lucky. But that luck has come about from being jabbed. So get fucking jabbed, you cunts. Get Don't make it say it again. Jabbed, fuck's sake. Yeah, man. Um, um, on holiday, I mean, we probably shouldn't get into this because it's such a divisive thing, but Isle of Wight, you can fucking see it. There's two, there's two sets of people in the country now, man. Hmm. There are the fucking people who wear a mask and those who don't. And, yeah. and if you go around wearing a mask like me and my family do, some cunts give you a funny look, like, what are you wearing a mask yeah, for? Yeah, 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 I've heard that, And you're yeah. like, no, <laughs> well, off. yeah, come on, let's fucking have it, mate. It's I a fucking, fucking d- do. <laughs> I tell you what, mate, I'll fucking do you from two metres, yeah? So I'm not risking anything. <laughs> your, your reach isn't two metres. Hey, don't worry. Once it kicks off, you'll soon fucking find out how I can do you from two metres, right? <laughs> mask or no fucking mask, mate. That's I saw a tweet. system. I saw a tweet that somebody had put whether some some stranger had come up to them in a supermarket or something and gone, what are you wearing that mask for? And he went, what am I wearing this mask for? It's a fucking dickhead magnet. And it's just, it's fucking <laughs> working as well. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. But, I mean, Jesus. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. It's up to you now. We're coming out of that sort of era. If you don't want to wear one, don't wear one. I will judge you. I will judge yeah, you the, harshly. The, 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 but the problem, the reason that it's a bit cuntish if you don't, just, you know, and like Andy says, it's up to you, live and let live. But just so you know, it is a bit cuntish because you can give it the big like, well, it's up to me, isn't it? But the thing is, it doesn't actually, it's it's mar, it, it's mildly effective at protecting people from yeah. getting infected. But what it's much more effective at is stopping you infecting others. So mm. if you're carrying the virus unwittingly, which you might be because so many people have it without symptoms or sometimes yeah. you don't develop symptoms for days, right? The point is, by not wearing a mask, you're basically saying, yeah, I don't care if I've got it, I'll spread it. I don't. If I'm in the yeah. supermarket and a little old lady walks past me in the aisle and yeah. I fucking am breathing in her, I don't care if she gets it and dies. Yeah. Can yeah. give a fuck, mate. It's my choice. Yeah. It is my choice to put to other people's someone. lives... <laughs> At risk. It's my choice yeah. to kill someone. Well, we're not far away from that, are we? Yeah. I mean, this fucking thing, it, there'll be people going, it's like in America, they go, well, I've, I've got a gun because that's my right to have a gun. And yeah. then someone, you know, and then someone goes fucking postal and shoots a load of kids in a school. Yeah. And they go, well, it was his, it was his right to do that in a people, way, wasn't it? People still need to go out and get their groceries and do their shopping and stuff like that. And those people that are out there wearing masks, getting their groceries, they might have underlying health concerns. They might have diabetes. They might be uh, suffering. They might be getting cancer treatment, or fuck knows what. Mm. Their immune system might be fucked for some reason or other, and they've mm. got their mask on, and they've got to be out there. They still got to go out and shop. And if you're striding around there, and striding around the supermarket, and I've seen people striding around the supermarket with a look of fucking smug contentment on their faces. Well, do you know what? Because they're this not is wearing what makes a mask. Me laugh. The people who, a lot of the people, certainly the ones in the public eye who are spokespeople for like don't wear a mask, who gives a fuck about COVID? Their thing is often 
we're tough and brave and the people who are scared are soft scaredy cats right mm. but fuck me I know a lot of these people you see these people that I used to work with on talk radio or you see them on the <laughs> fucking news these other journalists and you sort of think you're a bunch of fucking pussies mate don't try and fucking make it so one cunt took a picture of himself on the tube saying look at me I'm on the tube and I'm not wearing a mask as if it was like, I felt like I know you're fucking hard is that what constitutes for fucking being hard now? Going around not wearing a fucking cloth mask yeah. on your face. That's yeah. fucking brave. Yeah, no wonder you all bang on about the Second World War so much because it's that kind of pluck and courage getting going out not wearing a mask that won us the war, isn't it? You fucking id- You maskless cunts. I'll this- fucking wear a mask and, like I say, I'll fight any of, you, any, any of those cunts. Piers Morgan, Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah. I'd finish them in fucking seconds from two, from two metres. And then yeah. we'll see the fucking snowflake is, mate. Let's see how many of them want to sit in an unventilated room with me for three hours right now. Come <laughs> yeah. on, man. Yeah, yeah, if you think you're so These, what, these ones who say that COVID doesn't even fucking exist. Don't you well, think it's funny, though, it. like, all these people in the public eye who go on about, like, you know, your Lawrence Fox, your Jeremy Clarkson, your, your Nigel Farage and your Piers Morgans, right? Their whole thing is, well, why don't people toughen up? And I am pretty certain that all of those people are fucking pussies. Like, proper yeah. fucking... Most of them had their fucking asses wiped for them throughout their fucking childhoods at their, like, twatty haven't fucking just, public you, schools. I was going to say, haven't you just named a bunch of men who went to public school? That entire yeah. list that you just read exactly. out there. So you're, ba- so you're basically treated like a fucking Fuck baby. You don't, know how, you don't know your ass from your elbow. You, you're com- you don't know how to fucking communicate or behave with, with people other than people who are almost precisely like you. Yeah. Right? And uh, and yeah, you're just a fucking. You're, you're, they're the fucking snowflakes, and the reason they get so fucking angry and uptight is because they're actually fucking terrified. They're so fucking scared. But you know, they wouldn't last five fucking minutes. I tell you what. I mean, I you know, you, I, you wouldn't you love to like just fucking kick Lawrence Fox's head in? Yeah, it's a, it's a face you'd never tire of punching, really, isn't it? No. I'd like to get. I'd like to get a toffee hammer. I mean, he'd cry. You'd give him an open hand slap halfway Ooh. through one of his ludicrous fucking rants. Yeah. And he'd probably start weeping. I mean, I, I don't know I, if you've ever fucking slapped a, a privately educated person, but I have, and they just fucking collapse in tears and meet within seconds. <laughs> I'd like to All get a toffee hammer. All that rifle stuff is a load of bollocks. I'd like to get a toffee hammer and just repeatedly hit him on the forehead for maybe like four <laughs> hours at a time. And then do it in shifts so like someone else could come along and then take over. Yeah, and just I'd, keep I'd do. I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't gently. be short not, of volunteers. Not too hard. A toffee hammer isn't that How hard. would you stop him from running away? Would you have him clamped into something? I'd have him clamped down into some kind of contraption, yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, it, it wouldn't get become... in, uh, listeners, get in touch. If you, how would you contain Lawrence Fox? Contain uh, and you... deal with Lawrence Fox. <laughs> <laughs> How would but you like, nullify Lawrence Fox? How, how do you stop? How if you? How would you trap Lawrence Fox? <laughs> we're get, we're doing a new series called "To Trap a Fox." The fox this trap. Is... How would you trap him in the wild and stop him from getting away, so Andy could have his way with his head with a toffee hammer? I mean, he tweeted a picture of himself from Lords the other day when the cricket was on. Obviously, he was in the fucking hospitality area. You know, yeah. his his continual fight against the elites while he fucking. <laughs> yeah. Well, he fucking eats and drinks with them all. But uh, I read a really good, long, long piece. It might have been in The Guardian the other day about boarding school. And it was by a mm. fellow who had gone to boarding school. And Wait, it kind of I've got dealt the book. with... 
Have you? I've got the book in front of me. It's the, yeah, the guy you're talking about is Richard Beard. But go on. Yes. Because I read the same piece, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, just about how the, all of our uh, leaders all went to boarding school and how it's the most emotionally atrocious thing you can mm. do to any child and about how they um, how they have to deal with um, trauma and pain and they're just told to fucking man up and just deal with it yeah. and just push it all down. Yeah. I mean, you, you, and they you see look, it, it, they'll see emotional on. expression... As weakness, weakness. And, yeah. and they and they lack empathy, and and in a way, you end up. In some ways, I read it and I pitied these people. Mm. Like I felt, and I don't mean that in a joking way. I thought, it'd be, I mean, it is fucking horrible if they've been torn from their mothers and fathers at a really tender age, like we're talking yeah. infant school age, and sent off to board somewhere where they almost purposefully go out their way to treat you harshly because. You know, there's a long history of that being, you know, just the template for creating future leaders or men of substance, so-called men of substance. And it's like, you you know, you look at it and you think, that's really actually horrible. That is traumatic. And these people almost need sympathy, but they're in positions of power. And if you're in a position of fucking power and you're and you're the way you've been educated, the way everything that surrounded your upbringing has been geared towards removing all empathy from you. That's fucking scary and dangerous, isn't it? And then when you're in that area of of education that is designed to groom uh, future leaders and political leaders, then no wonder we're fucked. Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Jalapeño. I read that piece, and anyone can find it in the Guardian. I think it's an extract from a book, but it's by a guy called Richard Beard. It's from about a week ago, and so I got in touch with him on Twitter, and I said, "I read your piece. I'd love you to come on the Reset, my mental oh, health podcast." I thought that's the cosmos right? working for us, isn't it? Yeah. So he said, "Yeah." He got straight back to me. He said, "Yeah." And then his publisher sent me a book, and here it is. Look, sad little men. Right. Yeah. That's what it's called. What's and the same Private schools and what? Private schools and the ruin of England. Yeah. Right. And fair play to him because he went, as you know, because it's what he writes about in the piece, he, he went to one, you know, this is how he was educated. Mm. And he's like, 
it basically ruins you emotionally. Yeah. Um, but you know, Louis for no, John Ronson did that psychopath test book, didn't he? And he made a documentary too, and it's very similar to that. And again, the people who, who are, in order to be a CEO or a, or a world leader or something like that, you almost almost a prerequisite for the job. Yeah, is to is to have an empathy deficiency like psychopaths, because mm. if not, how could you possibly make those decisions on a daily basis that you know? And I'm not just talking about the big ones like war or bombing a country. Mm. You know, day to day fucking decisions. You know that you have to make a decision, and in almost every decision you make, for however many people it might positively impact, there's always going to be a number of people it will negatively impact. So then how do you go to fucking sleep at night? It's, you know, I don't envy that. And you can see why the people who get drawn to that or the people who succeed in it are the ones who can just switch off from that. Because they can do it, yeah. Do you know what I mean? People talk yeah. all the time about Tony Blair, right? And I know people, like, hate Tony Blair because of because of Iraq. And you sort of think, but to- Tony Blair must... I mean, I, I don't think he was... I think he was maybe privately educated. I'm not sure. I don't, know, I don't think he went to public school or anything like that. But but there must be some sort of gap in his ability to feel empathy because if you if you didn't have that, you'd just go mad, wouldn't you? You'd never sleep. You wouldn't be able to function anymore. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't do it. I mean, I know that we've said no. in the past that we should be running the country, like um, Jared Hoolier and Roy Evans, but I don't know which is which. But um, I mean, I've we, been in we, jobs we in, in my br- br- mercifully brief fucking tenures in positions of management and authority in the corporate world in all of those like and there's been a few like sort of cameos I've made in roles where I had people working under me and I was responsible for you know people losing their job or people being promoted over other people yeah that shit I fucking could not handle mate couldn't fucking handle it right I, but then I was reading this book, this one we're talking about, Sad Little Men, and I realised one of the reasons I couldn't handle it was I'd never been, I've never done management training for a start, right? And a lot of people in all industries, even in creative industries, would usually be doing some training even on the job, and I never right. had that. But my whole life didn't prepare me for those kind of decisions, right? You, you often get to a senior position in a job because you're good at that job. But then you're managing other people. I couldn't fucking handle it at all, right? Where you had to make decisions that you knew were going to affect other people's lives. Yeah, I've I've thought it, about I, this. I I don't I don't think I could even run a company, run my own no. company because I no. couldn't be responsible for other people's livelihoods. It's I'd really do difficult, well, probably, yeah. but. No. Well, look, from a logistical point of view, I oh, mean, fucking hell, yeah. You'd, you'd, I mean, imagine you as COO, right? Chief CEO? operating officer. Oh, is that what it is? Y- yeah. Yeah. I mean, be- or just, I mean, it would ju- you'd just be like the best out there yeah, in practical terms, but in emotional terms, who knows? I what like you're saying is. The, the logistical skills would mean that the company would be a, a huge success. It would flourish. And that nobody yeah, would, would uh, ever, ever suffer. But you just don't know, do you? Um, so, yeah. Well, you're you're effectively COO as as well as many other things of Top Flight Time Machine Industries, and and I can tell you on the shop floor morale's pretty, you know, it's, it's good. <laughs> morale's high, right? <laughs> People believe in your project, right, and they're behind your decisions. <laughs> the boys and girls on the shop floor, 
Yeah. <laughs> but how, how was your holiday anyway? Was it good? Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, two weeks is quite a long time. Um, <laughs> there was there was some. I, I loved being with the kids and with my missus. There was various other. And we had some lovely friends with us for the first week, and it was my daughter's birthday in the first week. That was great. But in the second week, in particular, there, we had a lot of elderly people with us, which right. can be trying. What's interesting is is that when your kids are very little, holidays can be quite unrelaxing because yeah. they need constant attention. You mm. need to keep an eye on them. And in, and in some ways, you're like more knackered after a lengthy holiday yeah, you've you, got you always, young kids. You always come back and you go, oh, I need a holiday oh. after that. Oh, oh, yeah, hey, yeah. Hey. But it's fucking true, isn't it? Because it's like knackering yeah. and, you, you know, they're not at school. So you're like cooking, cleaning, non-fucking stuff. My kids have now reached an age where it's great because they're just a right laugh to be with. They're people yeah. who are fun to be on holiday with. They're more or less in doing the same things that, that I'm into, the same things that they're into on holiday, and it's just really good fun. And I don't need to; they don't, they can't look after themselves really, right? But just at that moment arrives, which is only these last couple of years where I've had both of them in that age where it's just like I don't, I, I don't need to worry. What's the, right? What's the word we're looking for? It's self-caring. <laughs> yeah, they're self-caring <laughs> they, entities. They, they, they care for themselves. <laughs> yeah, and but at that point. If you're if you've got any parents or or kind of you know proto parent whatever right they're the ones that mm. fucking exhaust you so there's only there's a, there's an overlap is what I'm saying so my kids yeah. are now self managing yeah. but you know you got my mum you got my mother in law you got my mum's husband you got various people there you've even got like your in laws parents and weird shit like that and that's the thing that was exhausting but I mean. I, I I kind of had that because we went up to that cottage in Pitlockery for a week and my parents yeah. came up for five days yeah. of the seven and I thought this could be this could be quite taxing and quite testing because you know like you said it gets tougher with the, with the, well, the, the elderly thing is, parents. The, the older they get, the more they fuss. They fuss and mm. they worry about fucking everything. Yeah, so everything's but, a big deal. But it was all right. We managed it all right because they went off and did their own thing some days. Brilliant. And we did our thing and then came together at the end of the day when we were all knackered and relaxed. So it was all right. But it could have been a lot worse. But um Well if I'm honest, I did um explode at Rod McDonald, the osteopath, um, uh, on the penultimate day of the holiday. Uh, after a two week accumulation yeah. of, uh, of being trans uh, minor transgressions. Ir- irritating incidents. Yeah. Little paper cuts I call them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like death, I've heard in therapy people cuts. say, I've probably said this before because I heard it in in someone say it in a group or in therapy once, and I, and I, I've always really liked it, which is it's it's not the elephants that'll kill you, it's the ants. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, right. He's he's the commander of like an ant army where he just antagonises yeah. you constantly, and in the end, I just like exploded. I'll tell you why. He's what he does is he likes to niggle and undermine. In subtle Ooh. ways, in in passive aggressive ways that are like always designed to not be so to be subtle enough for like if he's daring you to go mental because if you go mental it will appear like an overreaction, right? Yeah. But you got to understand this is a guy who like he can't deal with anyone else doing anything that's positive without him trying to find an angle. It's a bit Lampard in a way, trying to find an angle as why, well. you know, it's not as good as you're trying to say. So for instance, when my first book came out, 
years ago get smashed and I was tremendously proud not because I thought it was the best fucking book in, in, the, in the world but you know you've written books you, you fucking when you've got a book in your hand you yeah. know and I think also you know if you went to just a normal fucking school like we did when you reach adult and you've got a fucking book that's in the bookshop and you can show yeah. it to your mum you're tremendously fucking proud of that and exactly. I'm not yeah. I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm not going to be cool I'm sure there's lots of fucking Oxbridge people who, who write books and it's not a fucking big deal but to mm. me it's a big deal right Anyway, whatever. Um, we all went for lunch at my brother's house years ago, and there was some friends there who he didn't know, and there was a lull in conversation, and he suddenly went, "It's funny the way in which people criticised your book," and I said, "What? What do you mean? What criticism?" This was like a good year after the book had come out, by the way, and he went and he started quoting things about it, and he went, "They said this and they said that." But I, I don't agree with that at all. I think it's a really good book. I think people just misunderstood it. And I went, oh, that's nice of you to say. But he was saying it in front of a group of people. And I said, but why why are you saying this now? What, the book came out a year ago. Where, where have you seen those reviews? He went, oh, I was just Googling it. And I went, when? And he went, this morning. And I went, Fucking why? Cunt. And he went, just out of interest. And he was Fucking quoting... Cunt. And they weren't proper reviews. They were like things that fucking nutters say on Amazon or what, or what yeah. have you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I thought, and he went, why, is there a problem with that? And he sort of smiles and you sort of think, we're going for like a get together and you've prepared for that day by thinking, what I'm going to do is, Sam had that book out a year ago, probably well fucking pleased with himself, isn't he? Yeah, well, I'm going to fucking do a bit of digging. <laughs> I'll find all the worst things that people have said about it. And then what I'll do is I'll bring them, I'll memorise them. I'll bring them <laughs> up in conversation, but then I'll get out of it straight away by saying that I strenuously disagree with all of those criticisms, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, another example is when my niece started dating a bloke from the northeast, top bloke, mm. um, and and the story went round that my niece was dating a guy who who was a competitive swimmer and who'd almost made it to the Olympics team in Brazil or something, right? right. Everyone's like, "Fuck, you know, you know how these things get blown up in a family." You know, Maddie's dating this guy. Apparently, he nearly went to the Olympics. He's that fucking good at swimming. Right, yeah. everyone's getting excited by it. And then when it came up one day, Rod goes, "This is like a year after they've been dating." We go, "Oh, my mum's going. Look at look at him in the sea, Liam. What a fucking swimmer! Nearly went to the Olympics, right?" And he went, not quite true. And we went, what? And he went, not quite true. If you do a bit of digging online, um, you see that he, he, he did all right regionally. But, and he started quoting fucking all these different like Jesus contests he'd been in. And he went, Christ. As, in terms of Olympic recognition, I think to be fair, he, he was way off, right? And I went to him, how do you know all this? And he went, well, I was looking at it on the Did internet. Google it? And again, I went, why? And he went, ah, well. He said, it's just interested. And I went, to be honest, that's really weird, right? And he went, and he turned it on me and he went, I think what's really weird is allowing someone to enter into the family, get into a relationship with one of your relatives and not doing your due diligence on their background. <laughs> not, not hiring a private detective. Yeah, to fucking... that's what's weird, mate. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so that's a bit of context. But on this holiday, he'd been winding me up all holiday in various different ways. And one night we were we were in a pub garden. I was having my usual Heineken Zero, yeah. and there was a London conversation. And he looked at me and went, "That beer you had last night was 0.5 percent." And I went, "Was it?" And it was right. It's an Adnams Ghost Ship. It's 0.5. And I yeah. always, you know, 
most people I know who don't drink are happy with things that are under 1% fucking alcohol because it's yeah. imperceptible. You know, it's like what you'd get in fucking mouthwash. You might accidentally have, get a trace of fucking Listerine in your throat. You'd have, and have it's to have 25 same, right? cans to get a bit of a buzz going on. Yeah, exactly. So I just went, I went, oh, right. I said, yeah, some, I said, I usually drink Heineken Zero, but 0.5 is fine, isn't it? He went, hmm, good to know, though, you changed your policy that you're drinking a little bit again. And like Fucking I hell. got very defensive about that, right? Because I'm like, I'm, you know, I wouldn't say I'm proud of my sobriety, but I do take it fucking seriously. I don't take many yeah. things seriously, but I do take that seriously, right? And I went, I'm not drinking again. He went, well, no, not drinking like you used to. But when you first gave up, I remember you were quite specific and fussy about like what went into puddings. And I said, was I? And I went, well, listen, don't worry about that. I said, if in doubt, just know I don't fucking drink. I don't see what he goes. No, it's important for me to know. And I said, no, it's fucking not. And he goes, it is. He said, you don't understand, but I get the other side of it. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, when everyone comes around for Sunday lunch, your mum always says not to put sherry in the trifle because of Sam. Well, now I know that you're happy to drink 0.5%. What I'm saying is we could be having sherry in that trifle. And I went, I'd rather you don't put sherry in the trifle. I said, but to be honest, I'm not fucking bothered about this trifle either way, right? I'll just not put have it any in trifle. or don't put it in. I said, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know it made such a big fucking difference to you. And he went, well, actually, it does because sherry really makes a difference to the taste. The trifle's not a trifle without sherry. <laughs> I just, I went. So this is what about cunt. fucking trifle. You've got the ump that you saw me drinking a 0.5 percent beer. He went, I think you did very well to cut down on your drinking. And now that you're relaxing that, I think that's fine. I went, you're a cunt, mate. I said, you're an absolute fucking cunt. And it's really out of order. And you've really upset me. Fuck off. And that was about 48 hours before I was due to leave. So the next 48 hours were awkward. Yeah, They were tense and awkward. Um... I mean, but with, with, you know, with that, that, that was you, it, he's, he's not your direct relative, so it, there's, no. it, it's problematic. But I always think that if you've got people in your life who are toxic, mm. fucking remove them from your life. Absolutely right. And I, really, and I think that more and more with each passing, with each passing month. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you just like it's fucking mad. You just get yeah. people out Life's of your fucking short. life. Life's it's too, too short. fucking short, and and they should, and also you do it mostly ninety nine percent you're doing it for yourself, but one percent you're doing it to show that these fucking people who think that they can entertain themselves by being mm. mean or antagonistic or get rid of their own fucking insecurities or whatever it is, yeah, you know to to try and you know impose their fucking hang ups on you by messing with you and trying to live in your head rent free, yeah, they need to fucking know that that shit won't stand. Do you know what I actions, mean? Actions have consequences. Yeah. Don't be right, mate. Yeah. I mean, and, and that goes back to the beginning of this. If you've got people in your lives who are fucking anti-vaxxers or anti-maskers and they're on and on and on Facebook relentlessly about it or whatever, just fucking cut them out of your life. Unfriend the cunts. Just fucking unfriend them. It's possible worth it. to surround so yourself with mostly decent people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's easy to tell who's decent and who's not. Um, we'll leave it there because uh, I've got COVID and I shouldn't be doing things like this. Um, I'm going to before we go. I'm going to 
I'm I'm going to recommend some telly. It's all on yeah. catch up on the various catch up services. Channel Four, brilliant three part series. Uh, the Secret World of Chocolate, The Secret World of Crisps, The Secret Ooh. World of Biscuits. That's all I'm saying. Get it watched. It's fucking brilliant. Get them watched, Sam. We can reconvene and talk about them in a future episode. Well, yeah, just I'll say this now so you and maybe the listeners remember. But I did because I talked about the psychodrama with Rod. I didn't talk about the things that did go well in the Isle of Wight, which link in a little bit. I, got re- I am now a massive fan of glass blowing, and I've hey. seen... I've seen a geezer do gaspo and it was so good I went back for a second fucking go, right? To what just yeah. to watch this bloke fucking make glass sculptures. Superb. Um I also got really into colouring in, which is another oh, topic that I'd like to discuss on the right. future podcast. Save, it's that, like, save that for Friday. I'm, uh, well, I'm really into Sund- colouring in. Sunderland has the National Glass Centre. You can go down and watch some cunt glass blowing uh, any day of the week. um, As soon as you're past the COVID, I'm coming up, mate. Get yourself I tell you what, there is nothing... We've talked about cracking days out. There is no day out as cracking as watching some cunt blow glass. (laughs) Unbelievable. Making a light bulb. Unbelievable. It's better than football. Second thing. Second thing. Sky Arts, Suggs, Life Story. These onstage thing that he's been touring for a few years. Julian Temple filmed it and it was on Sky Arts last night. Fucking great if you love madness and sugs and all that. Mm. Uh, and finally, this morning, I stumbled upon BBC One in the God slot at 10.30am. Fern Britton interviews Nigel Benn. <laughs> it sounds a bit Alan Partridge, but it was fantastic. <laughs> and it'll be on the iPlayer. Get it watched. Brilliant. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, and that's it for this one. We'll be back throughout the week if my voice uh, allows. But for now, that's it. Goodbye. TTFN. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.